today with Danielle Davis. Hi. Um, and you all recognize her from Lou What Wear on Instagram, and she also co-owns Lemonade PR. So we'll let you all know about that a little later. Um, but today we're here to talk about mass media and its misogyny and what happened what to Brittany. What happened to Brittany, y'all? I mean, it's funny. So Erin and Danielle have known each other for a little while now. Yeah. And back to those dresses. Back to those dresses. Well, I was like, you to meet Danielle, you know, just a few weeks ago at an event. And so the funny part is, is that the passion between you all when it comes to Brittany. Oh, She's my muse. I mean, <laughs> it took over me. That's my childhood. I mean, <laughs> it's like for me, it's either I've got two lanes. It's like Derby. <laughs> Spears. <laughs> maybe like hard seltzers and that's about that's where my content lies so if you know that's what you're gonna be calling for well I was, I we're it. in the month of march it's women's like appreciation month women's history month my birthday month there you go Love it. <laughs> um, so Brittany is such a powerful woman is definitely something that needed to be talked about and of course we saw the documentary that was on Hulu and it really brought a lot of things mm -hmm. to light but back New York Times yes, getting involved. Yeah, that New York Times. Shout out to New York Times. Yeah, we needed that. We needed but that also work. back in 2008, MTV did one. Yeah, that was beginning. dark. It was very dark. Was dark. But you do get a little sense of what she was going through and she did try to tell us. Oh, I mean that one like in retrospect <laughs> Like it gets called back out a lot, yes. and I think you know she was sending us those signs, she like was. hands on the glass. I'm and like, she did call back. Yeah, she literally told us, and everybody kind of was like, mm, I mean, that <laughs> was it was that like when they show the clips of that, it is dark now to see. It's sad. Yeah, and then that's the last time she's ever really been heard. Yeah, mm -hmm. and like asked questions really freely, other than probably on like red carpet type thing or when she's you know done really controlled press so right I know I think the thing that's crazy that stands out is you know she always talked about how she loved to be free she loved to be part of the process mm -hmm. she loved to have control of her business and like you all said looking back on those moments and she's like help me basically yes. I want to be in control of my life yeah and I mean obviously we'll dig into the fact that she's truly making so much money Oh, yeah, hand over fist. I mean, she could be making so much more money. That's for sure. sure. That's, I feel like she's getting robbed. Oh, for sure. But, <laughs> I mean, she's like an entirely controlled entity. So, I mean, her perfume still is supposedly one of the most, like, the best selling celebrity perfumes of all Fancy, time. Curious. Yeah. Like, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's also some, I've never, like, I don't, could never tell you what it smelled like, but I've read too much about Britney Spears, but one article I read was about somebody from like Elle or Vogue talking about how I think Curious is like sneakily like a really nice perfume that people like yeah. sleep on how good this perfume actually is. I used to we have it in high school you. and like we get so many compliments on it. But people is really spiritual. Yeah. I know. Why that? This, <laughs> this writer basically said the same thing. Like she wears it and people will ask like you know, is it this? Is it that? Is it this? Well, it's mine. She's like, no, it's curious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but let's get into how we really think that she even got here. And obviously, we know a lot of the facts. But she did start off. It seemed like her personality, even as a child, was a powerful little human. Oh yeah. Yes. I mean, she's destined for stardom yes. from day one. I think. The biggest issue, and I think a lot more of like child stars now have seen what's happened to people like her and Lindsay Lohan and Amanda Bynes, 
when your family is like she's from a small town her family is not super sophisticated financially like it's not like anyone like her dad had an MBA or I mean even I don't I'm not like quoting me on this or anything but I don't think he had a college degree he went bankrupt like two times he ran a few businesses into the ground so you know I think that people now realize it's so much more important to have someone on the outside or making the right like aligning yourself with a, someone who's going to have your best interests at hand um and it's not to say you can't like take care of your family but i don't her family wasn't like very sophisticated and i think that they just got pushed along by this machine for so long that um you know that they didn't like they didn't even really know what was happening and i think now people are a lot savvier about making those like financial choices are having someone come in that's helping them, helping guide them. And I don't think that she really ever had that. I think she's just been like a workhorse for her, for her family, for the media, you know, for the label, for all this. And she just kind of was like going along on that road. But I mean, you do see that with so many child stars, the parents see the money coming in. And a lot of times the parents don't always mean like for their children to get harmed, to get yeah. this money, but things are going so fast. They're just assuming like we need to do these things in order right. for your career to progress. And you think, oh, it's like the opportunities are so great. Like say yes, say yes, say yes, say yes. And then all of a sudden you're like, where are we now? And I think, I mean, obviously like the media firestorm, like that whole us, weekly culture like tabloid thing of the early 2000s was wild um i mean with her and paris and nicole and lindsay lohan all of that like it's totally different now yes. um and people have the opportunity to control their own image like in a way where you could use social media to talk directly to fans which you didn't have that outlet like at that point you had to use magazines and tv and more traditional media than instead of being able to talk openly yeah. i mean there wasn't really like youtube was brand new it was like you couldn't yeah. even do like youtube yeah. videos with people so well and we even talked about when we were younger i mean which was but it's funny because you know when we were younger social media really wasn't even right time. Yeah. I mean yes it's MySpace was around yeah but, but totally different totally different and then we we were still we were so buying those tabloids and we were so oh, wanting for to know sure. what was going on and I think that in the end you realized that you were the one probably yeah. you were contributing to oh, this for sure. like trauma I mean I had an Us Weekly subscription in college I was like yeah. send it to my house I want to know like, every single detail you yeah know? I mean it was but that was the only outlet I mean I still think about all these random like celebrity children now that um I know their names and stuff because it's like you knew who's having a baby and like <laughs> All that kind of stuff. Um, you know, all of our kids, I mean, Angelina Jolie's kids. Oh, yeah, yeah, all the children, all like Victoria Becca. You know, like I was, I mean, even when I like had my son, we played the game of like moms, which is the celebrity mom with the baby. And it's like we all got 10 out of 10 because we were all used to like reading the tabloids nonstop. So I don't think people realize how far back the tabloids go when it comes to the misogyny of women. Like I was telling Sasha, I'm like, I was finding things about like Marie Antoinette. Oh god. And how and it was some graphic oh, yeah. things that they like that they wrote though? wrote about her oh, and really actually led to a lot of the things that went on that led to her being beheaded. Well and I think that there's just so much pressure on women mm -hmm. to be 
it's like they're not worthy enough. Yes. Well, you just like you're held to a higher yes. standard of, and again, like when you talk back about Brittany, like Brittany cheated on Justin, but like Justin cheated on her too. But yes. He, and also like in as someone who comes from like now works in PR. His PR team was just much better than her. Yeah, they controlled the narrative. They got on top of things fast. The same thing they did with Janet Jackson. Yeah, exactly. So, like, at the end of the day, he just had a better publicist that controlled his image and made sure that they were talking about, like, he's such a great guy and, like, oh, yeah, or he hooked up with, with he hooked right. up with Britney Spears. Like, let's all give him, like, a nudge for that. And, you know, and then she's treated as a slut or, like, you know, and she, labeled all these horrible things. And it's kind of... Yeah. It's, it's awful. It's not it's good. A horrible situation. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone like anyone would come. I I would watch that documentary and saw when she goes and takes like the, and I was like taking an umbrella to that is seems pretty tame. Like if yes. I was being chased like that in that situation, it would have been way worse probably. Yeah. Well, you so. think about the mental health aspect of it. I mean, this woman has got her kids taken away. She's been, you know, put through scrutiny when it comes to Justin Timberlake and, you know, being called a slut and being, like, shamed in that situation. And then you have these paparazzi that are all over you. I can't imagine having, a, like, a bad day for me. No. And having, like, a million cameras in your face asking you questions and doing all these things. Like, she trips on like, the street and you're like, bad mom. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, yeah. she's probably been drinking or whatever. And it's, I mean, it's I awful. can't. And when that, oh, my gosh, in that documentary, when they're, when he's, like, why didn't you stop? Or they asked her, like, why did you? And she, he's like, well, she never asked us to stop. And they're like, but what about when she, she did? did? And he's like, well, not forever. And it's like. Oh, I'm like, goodbye, sir. Go ahead and turn the camera off. This sounds like, ridiculous. Can you watch this about yourself? Because literally you can see the sound. That one was dark. I mean, and they were just, but those paparazzi were making they're making like, so big money. money off of that. Yeah. It's just, I mean, it's not good. I, from a child star perspective, and seeing like how sh things went and then she has children and she just still they label her as somebody who just can't get it together um and you look back on other child stars and it's a pattern oh yeah for sure them just continuously doing this judy garland actually off wizard of Oz, um the same thing really happened oh, to yeah. her and she the career feels like kinda, alcoholism and all that kind of stuff yes. too but i mean i think that they just put you into a system and they just I mean, with a lot of jobs, they just try and get the most out of you, and then when you're done, you're done. You're done. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence said when she was younger, and they kept telling her she needed to lose 15 pounds in two weeks. This is when she had first got in the industry. She's clearly underage. Um, and when she asked the director, you know, like, what can I do about this? Why are they trying to lose weight? He's like, I just don't understand why they're calling you fat. He's like, I think you're perfectly effable. And was just... And, I mean, she's, like, you know, that was one of her first tastes of, like, this is Hollywood. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you have to think about it. They're not there to, like, be your friend. No. I mean, with most things, they're not there to be your friend. They're there to make money, so. Exactly. I'm like, but and if she you, was a cash cow. Yes, and for her, it's like, if you don't have the right state of mind to be, like, okay, this is wrong, then you're just going to take it. Or the support system. Yeah. Like, like in Jennifer Lawrence's case, like she has a support, support system, system or like was raised, you know, with a family that was in, like involved in a way that's different than a lot of, I think, child stars are. And but, like you said, they come from, a lot of people come from small towns. They yeah. don't have that, you know, support. They don't even know where to look for. Right. They don't have the wherewithal. They even know what they're in, like in need of or like mm -hmm. whose assistance they need. And so then you just get, 
And then this whole like the yeah. whole manager thing, the conservatorship, <laughs> it's too much. It's too much. I don't understand how this how this conservatorship even became a thing. I'm like, how did how did they get it to the point where it's like she can't do anything for herself? Well, I think okay, so some great uh, required listening yes. is there's a podcast called Even the Rich, and they do these really awesome takes that are like four part series on just rich people basically. Like they've done Britney Spears, they've done Paris Hilton, they're doing the Kardashians right now. They've done the Murdochs, which if you watch Succession, it's very good. Um, but they talk about like what how she got into like this place and the and what happened was is like she had that full mental breakdown, but her mom was out of town. Um, and again, like I'm trying to pull this from memory, but what they said was basically like her mom was out of town. She was having like a whole breakdown. I mean, she had all these like terrible characters around her, like that Sam Lefty guy that and all lefty. that. That is <laughs> And so they called like a what's the the number that they can call? Okay, yeah, oh, yes. a hold on her. And before her mom, sorry, uh, before her mom could get there, like her mom was like on the way, and they took her away. Because you would have thought the mom would have been the one so who had the conservatorship. That's what I was always wondering about, though, is why yes. the mom didn't have more to do with. The I think that the mom was like that. You know, Lynn was in. Lynn. <laughs> she was like her little sister was still really little. Like she had another kid to raise. She was doing like Zoe Night One Hundred One or whatever that was, but. Um, she had, I think that's where the disconnect was. I mean, at this time, Brittany wasn't like 10, like 18 years old. Yeah. She's 20 something, 28 years old, you know, like a fully functioning human. Mm -hmm. I just think that that's what happened. And she was like basically by herself. And they, I, I think sometimes people get so isolated that she, and you know, because she's so famous, she gets yes. isolated from like a friend group or like a support system that can step in and. Well, I think that people, even when you're watching these interviews with the media and how, even after she shaved her head, because she was so upset and so alone in her thoughts. Well, and she didn't want to perform anymore. Yeah, That's one of the main reasons she did it, because she was like, I'm not going to, I don't want to perform anymore, so what's, like, the thing that people, like, like associate with me? And so she shaved her head. Well, like, I've, had, I've just had two children. I have two small children at home. I would like to spend some time with them. I'm also going through whole things with my ex-husband who is yeah. trying to get more custody than me. Yeah, I'm going to build some type of way. Based on I think where it could have gone. Oh, it could have gone a lot worse. I yeah. mean, I honestly when I first saw the picture when I was younger and honestly I don't really even talk about it, is you think that that's Kevin Federline's car. Oh yeah. yeah like they don't really say that it's a paparazzi. They don't say anything like that. It literally makes it out to seem like she's like attacking him. Yeah, and it's like attacking the paparazzi, but also the paparazzi like basically the definition of them is like basically you're under attack. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like she's getting accused of attacking, but they're basically like attacking her or any other celebrity's personal space. And again, like you have to take on some parameters and some responsibility of like your image because when you get paid a lot of money to be famous, you know, like, right. But still, that doesn't mean that they have the right to like aggressively. It's like, like did you. people consider that she was going through postpartum stress on top of the paparazzi? Yeah. And then afterwards yeah. having all the scrutiny and people making fun of her. Well, and I yes. think that we're much more like, obviously the society now is much more open to talking about mental illness or postpartum depression. I mean, even in like the last five or like five, 10 years, the, I mean, even just five years, I think it's made a huge difference. Like people are much more open to understanding postpartum depression or mental uh, illness, or even just like short-term mental illness. 
and that's I think what she was like dealing with and I mean now I think and people always make fun of her Instagram and but like we all just went came out of a quarantine uh, you know yes. I spent six weeks with my family and I kind of I'd probably be twirling, twirling around like Britney Spears I yeah. Yeah. so I mean you think about it, if you've been kind of confined like that for so long we all kind of went like lost it a little bit in just the short time we've been kind of cooped up think about being so isolated and having like really no control of your life in right. such a long period of time yeah. i mean i'd be probably spinning around and buying tiny furniture too so but i mean like people are always like oh but something's happening here i'm like i think something would probably be happening with all yeah. of us yeah. if you were kind of you have to like think about that situation yeah well it's like the human spirit naturally wants to be free yeah um and especially the human adult spirit like i don't want my dad to control all of my money and give me true. an allowance i'm on stage i'm the one eyes on me in the center of the ring don't like i don't i want my money yeah. i'll give you an allowance yeah i mean and that's it's it's hard i mean it would be interesting to look into the child custody part of it too and I don't know if you know anything about that but I think that the fact that she probably hasn't fought this for so long because of the she's probably not getting that much time with her kids or well, she just lost even more because her dad was like aggressive towards her kids and she like gets she doesn't even get to spend as much time with them as she did at one point. It's like 37. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It used to be like 60, 40. And I mean, and they're older now too. So I can imagine them not wanting to like, I mean, you have like a routine and a life. Like right. They're at an age now where they're old enough to, you know, make certain decisions, but they haven't been as close to her. And can you imagine what they've been told too, or like yeah. what their life has looked like? I mean, one of the younger, the younger one, I think, Sean Preston, I don't know which one's the older one. But went live on Instagram and was like saying he was going to say all this stuff about her and then he, ne he never did. Like waiting. There was at one point one of them did speak out against the, the dad. dad. Yeah, a lot of people I yes. have. I mean, and people should be talking more about how like his he has a pretty strong background of failed businesses and um, I think that he like dealt with alcoholism. You know, there's a lot of issues. And he wasn't involved in her career until then he was, you know? Like, right. Because it's like you're not giving Lynn any much say so, but Lynn is the one who was taking her everywhere mm -hmm. to get this career together. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's all bad business. But then Lynn, do you guys know that Lynn supposedly is like one of the top Rodan and Fields Seller. This is okay, a whole this is like a <laughs> She's obviously fabulous. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean supposedly she's like the top like Rodan and Fields, like. I mean, not the top, but like she's crushing that that life. She, but that's the thing. Look at her not trying to live off of her child. She's like, I'm just like, I'm just like, I'm But you know, then I, for a long time, I was like, we got to get Jamie Lynn to save her. But I'm kind of turned on Jamie I Lynn. Lynn. I always thought they had a good relationship. I'm kind of turned on. Yeah. One supposedly like she's represented by the state i don't know there's some sort of like weird thing with the representation with the lawyers because it's like mm -hmm. britney's estate pays for the lawyers but she can't choose the lawyers mm -hmm. that's, that's what's wild thing. too and she because she's supposedly not capable she's not allowed to hire an attorney and i just read something that jamie said like we want britney to be able to get out of her conservatorship and hopefully she can find you know like but she's not at 
I don't know where it stands right now, but at certain points she wasn't even allowed to hire a lawyer to help her because she wasn't supposed to be able, like, able-minded enough to hire a lawyer. Which is, is brings wild up another to point because it's <laughs> like I'm not able-minded to get a lawyer, but I can have a residency in Vegas. I can be on guest appearances and shows. She was a judge on the X Factor, exactly, and she was highly respected. Yeah, I mean, so that's the thing that. Is so I can judge other people's performances and help them with their career, but I can't make. And they always talk about, too, like a month after they filed that conservatorship, she appeared on How I Met Your Mother as yes. a guest, as in a guest cameo thing. So it's kind of like she's not capable of doing anything except that she can appear on like a sitcom. And read lines. And read lines and show up and do her thing. And make money for everyone else. I mean, and not to say she's probably in like the best, like sound mind or whatever, but she's clearly capable enough to do that. And I it just didn't need to be like a full conservatorship. Um, I, I mean, there were people who were in like comas or like yes, Alzheimer's. It literally yeah. says, I looked it up on the Webster Dictionary. <laughs> it, it says, a person or official or institution designated to take over and protect the interest of an incompetent. Right. So if you're incompetent, you can't work. Because just like they said, you know, in the statement that came out where the lawyer was saying, you know, it's a business. You yeah. Know, she's making all this money. But a conservatorship shouldn't be yeah, a business, business. Exactly. entity. And that's, I think, where a lot of the, like, it's just, it's too much. Yeah. What's scary about it is if that could happen to her, you know, other stars Who's are like, to say, yeah. yes. Well, and I think, too, that it comes down to basic women's rights. I mean, the fact that that would even be an option for us. Well, nobody said that when Con like Kanye had a full financial breakdown once, and like he had that whole thing that happened, you know, however many years ago, and people are still like, but he's such a genius and all that. So nobody was trying to like take over. Yeah. I mean, they were scared. Of Chris maybe even. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chris yeah. Yeah. I almost like want her to take over my life. <laughs> crazy. But I mean, that's like, but nobody ever said that about about Kanye when he like. No, or even darker, where's OJ's conservatorship? Because I'm just saying. You want to know a fun fact? Oh, yeah. This is a little, like, Miami. <laughs> I grew up in Miami, and OJ Simpson's kids went to my rival high school. <gasps> and I've seen wow. him in the flesh. Oh, like, what was it like in the flesh? I mean, he's a lot shorter than you. No, he's, like, probably, like, 5'10". He's, like, a couple inches taller than me. His oh. daughter played volleyball. They would, like, come to games and stuff all the time. Because the juice, that's what they call him, he acted crazy after the He's, whole case. Yeah, a whole... And nobody bothered him. Why well, don't think he has any money that anybody really needs to get served? Yeah, they're yeah, like, you're not a business anymore. I, mean, I think he was like selling autographs in jail and stuff, so. Okay, I don't think yeah. that he's got the yes. money that somebody really wants Wanted to, to get. Like, take over. But it's still, it was just like. I'll just let him do his thing. He's not quite as marketable. Like, what is like, like, yeah, let's not deal with it. Yeah, yeah, I think I want to judge that. Market value on OJ <laughs> is a little bit lower. <laughs> but it's like, Brittany's not doing anything this crazy. I mean, oh, and I yeah. love that she stood for herself in the end. What was it, 2018, when she was like, I'm not going to do anything anymore for you all? I mean, I she still said it. again, like, I'm not, I'm not doing it. I love it though. And I'm like, don't do it. Don't, don't do, do it. it. I mean, I have my own dreams for her. You know, <laughs> I don't think they're her dreams, but I just want her to like move back to Louisiana and be like, you know, open a really big dance studio and I know. have ATVs. Start up a new Nick Club. Oh, that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, the right way to start. 
the right way. The I would love that band. I love. And I don't know if this one's like a deep cut, but did you guys watch Kids Incorporated too? Yes. Because oh. Bernie was on that. Yes. <laughs> Jay Hewitt was on that too. I mean, I loved mm. Kids Incorporated. I could even sing the theme song. But <laughs> it's like you saw all of them came up out of this business, and it's very interesting to see some of their male counterparts who also came out of the business mm. and how the careers. Oh yeah. Just, just di differentiate. I mean, but our girl Jessica Simpson came out of it, and she's so rich now. Hey. Oh, she's doing all right. And they tried to do her dirty. They do oh, try to do her dirty, and she's like, I'm going to start making some shoes, and... Because Tommy Mottola, look, I've, I've heard things. Oh, yeah, he did Mariah dirty, too. She's kind of been put on, like, a hold, too, and, like, they tried to do they kind of a similar it. thing with Mariah, but I think she's a little... She's much stronger. She's more street smart. Yeah. But, um, yeah, well, you had somebody in that industry, like the Tommy... And he has so much power to bring you down. Yeah. I can imagine being I mean, terrified. It's a Harvey Weinstein situation. Oh, for sure. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's a whole situation about these men that you know think that they can control women based off of their sexuality. That's concerning on all Ooh. kinds of things. But. but they almost make it seem like it's a part of their career, like their employment, to be quiet. It's like, oh, yeah, whatever for sure. I do to you, you better be quiet because you won't get any more jobs. Well, and sometimes it is part of their job to be quiet. Like, they may be, have signed NDAs. They may have certain things in their contracts that don't allow for things like that. And I mean, and that's why it's important, again, like going back to having somebody who has your best interest in hand or like, or can hire a lawyer to read the contract or to like know what you're signing up for. I think like Taylor Swift is a great example of that. Her parents clearly, I mean, she's obviously comes from a higher station in life, but like her parents clearly knew like the, the way, take, yeah, yes. the way to like market, and she's obviously a marketing genius, but she had a much better like support system guiding, I think, and supporting the decisions on that. Or she could have easily gone like the same. Oh, for sure. Like Reese Witherspoon coming out of Nashville, they clearly see this is in Nashville. It's not like a small town, but it's not Hollywood. Yeah, um, it's like a small. Town. Yes. Now I feel like it now it much more is. It wasn't like wasn't not back in yeah. the day, and she even said like really got taken advantage of mm -hmm. in the beginning and well, there was a lot of assaults and she always said too that you know they basically told her that once you once you play a mom on screen they're not going to want you anymore. yeah like if you're at a certain age you're once you're done yeah done. and so it's really crazy because the fact that people can feel like they can speak out about it now and oh yeah things, it's just and it's like just, she's obviously taking the reins to do more uh like movies and tv that's female centered as opposed to like the opposite, which is the majority of things beforehand. So, and a lot of times they have to fight to really get recognition for like, no, like this was me. Like I did all of this. Yeah. Nobody else was. Oh, I mean, and that's. Yeah. I mean, that's not just. That's in every industry for any woman. Yes. I mean, bring it back to anything you do. Like, we work here in my office. Like my partner Lindsay and I. Like that's how we are business. Why we decided to start one because we were sick of somebody else taking credit and putting their name on it. Yeah. Exactly. You're like absolutely and not. We're like, we did the work. Like, like, Mindy Kaling was the executive producer, a writer on The Office, and they took her name off of the credits list. And they made her write the report that, said that basically she had to go to all of her white male executives and basically say why she was worthy of being put on the producer's list. But I'm making the jokes. Like, really? I mean, <laughs> it's too much. I can't. I can't. But yeah, it's just, I think that, I think that that permeates a lot of industries and unless you like create, I mean, it's so cheap, like it feels cheesy and cliche to say, but unless you make your own table, like sometimes nobody's, like you're going to get your one spot. If not, you have to like figure out your own thing and do it yourself, kind of.
which kind of stinks, but it's what, also really How do you feel, like, how do we, like, change, like, this narrative? Obviously, misogyny in any type of industry is, it's hard to change because it's so ingrained in it and people get really caught up in it. Do you think that there's like steps that we all just really need to start taking. Well, I think part of the, like part of the, I mean, this can happen in a lot of situations, but like part of what the problem initially was is like men convinced women to like hate each other too, um, or to fight with each other, or to say like, if you want this job, it's like you or her, you know, and or acting like there's only enough space for like, a, you know, right. Um, and I think that that bred, like, I think that the generation, like, coming up now is obviously in a much better place for that because there is less of that. But I know, like, when I came out of college, like, it was me or her. And, like, yes. I'm going to beat her because, like, you know, that's where we're at. Um, and so I think that, like, part of it is breaking down that ability and, like, women being much more supportive of other women's endeavors and things like that um, is what has really really pushed things over because I think a lot of like the situation and the structure that was set up was just meant to like also encourage like infighting. Yeah, very true. And I don't, and I'm not somebody who thinks like all women need to support, support all other women. Like I think that's kind of anti-feminist because I think I should be able to like we have, different opinions. have a critical yeah. opinion or something like that too. Um, but I think that being able to like voice that in a way that's not like fueled by like massage like looks or appearance or like more cattiness and more of like I just don't agree with you and that's okay but like or I have a valid criticism that's not based on like what your hair looks like or the number on the scale or any of that kind of thing so like we always say do your research mm -hmm. don't just take this magazine at face value yeah yeah and we were actually when we were literally just we on a rant this morning about women in general. <laughs> and we do this a lot. Um, and so, it, you know, I was talking about how women, you know, in the workforce are talked about as bossy and talked oh, about yeah. as, you but know. But it starts as a kid. Exactly. It really does. But mostly other women are saying these things mm -hmm. to you. And so, like, where do you make that switch? Where do you say, yeah. okay, it's okay for you to be direct with me if I'm okay to be direct with, with you? With you, yeah. And I think that's just a respect level. And we talk time. about uh, e like emails a lot because, <laughs> um, and like I said, like my business partner, Lindsay is really good about this. She's very direct with people and, and in a good way and like the right way to do it. And I always want to be like, I need to write emails more like so you, you. Because I'm like, hey, <laughs> I just wanted to see if it's okay, if it's okay. like, you know, throwing in. And so I have started to, in the last year, when I write an email, go back and delete almost every time I say just, it's, unless it actually is serving the purpose that the word really needs to be there, as opposed to, I just wanted to see if it's okay, you know, so many like apologies and exclamation points and all that kind of stuff. I think we all get caught up in it. Because yeah. we're like, I don't want to look mean, but then it's like, but a man doesn't look mean if he's very assertive in his email. Mm -hmm. I know, it's almost looked upon as respected. Like, oh, yeah. I don't want to mess this up because, you know, he's highly respected. But if right. a woman does it, it's like, oh, she's the worst. Like, I don't even want to. Well, and we think about it too with like billing sometimes with invoices. Oh, I just wanted to follow up and see if you had could check on my, on my invoice. And again, I stopped doing that because I'm like, we have an agreement. I agreed to do work, you agreed to pay us. Like, so we did the work, 
you have to do the thing right. or you pay us the money, you know? But it's hard to, when it's ingrained in something that, you know. I can even see the difference between, like, when I talk to my parents about a job uh, or any opportunities I've had in the past, and I'm like, I want to ask for this, and my mom gives me more of, like, the softer. Mm -hmm. And I mean, and my mom is, don't get me wrong, strong, independent, but she still will give me, like, oh, we'll go about it this way. Yeah. As for my dad is like, oh, tell him what you want. He's like, don't let him lowball you. Yeah. <laughs> but then I still feel uncomfortable in this situation. Like, <laughs> like, I think once you do it more often, I, I mean, good or bad, I'm usually not one shy about asserting an opinion. And it's, but... I think once you get used to it more, like it, it's easier, but that doesn't mean I didn't have like pit of my stomach feelings like having yes. to walk into the boss's office and be like, can I get, a, you know, I doesn't raise or whatever. Um, but yeah, I think that, and I do think sometimes you have to just to navigate the world and in certain situations in certain parts of the country, you know, that tone of voice is totally different. And so sometimes I am thrown in exclamation points and things like that. Sometimes I do have to play the game but I don't think that, I think maybe we should change the game. Yeah, change the game. <laughs> but when, so, when someone else has the board set up, sometimes you just have <laughs> you to, have to it. or you have to make a decision. But I think it's better now that from my perspective, we get to make the decision. Like I get to decide if that's what I want to do. And if it's not what I want to do, then I can take my stuff and go home, you know? Right. So, and I think a lot of people, didn't have that one don't don't currently still have that opportunity if you need a paycheck you know like sometimes you're just we can talk about empowerment and all that kind of stuff all we want but if you need a paycheck at the end of the day you gotta go yeah. like, um but i think that you know having that opportunity to be able is something that a lot of people didn't even have before so i mean not to say i think that you should be like be, you know not no. anyone inappropriate no. but sometimes you do have to like kind of smile nice and play, yeah. yes. play the game we all know how to play it well you know that's just how we were taught right? yeah. i mean just like aaron's mom you know i love my mom but we were always you know you were you never wanted to push push too far you never wanted to ask for too much mm -hmm. because you know when i you know i've worked in retail my whole career and it was these executives we're mostly white men. Yeah, and, and people do the work are mostly young women. Yes, they, we, maybe we had ideas that got passed up the ladder and you didn't see it anymore. Mm -hmm. And it was, you never wanted to ask for a raise because then it looked like you weren't, you weren't, weren't happy, appreciative, you weren't appreciative right. of what you had. And so Erin actually taught me a lot about this. Oh, gosh. Oh, he my dad I thank your dad and your mom. And so, you know, watching Erin ask for what she wants, but not just, but giving the reasons why. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think that's a huge part of it. I think a lot of people now are so empowered, like, I should just have this, and you're kind of like, okay, well, like, like, no, 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 right. Right. Yeah. Like, not everyone needs a trophy. I'm yeah. like, yeah. it takes right. years. Like, you have to really build that repertoire and keep track of all yeah. the little things, and then, okay, now I'm going to present myself. Right. And I think that's where, like, the, and that's where I think sometimes people run into roadblocks. They're like, well, I should just, I should get the, like, as a woman, though, you're like, <laughs> yeah, but you're like, no, you have to at least, like, have the, you know, you can't just walk in you. and say that. So, I mean, I think anyone can. Like, I, I mean, I think guys get away with it a lot more. But I honestly think guys get away with it a lot more because they're not afraid to ask. Mm -hmm. And, like, my mom always told me the worst, the worst someone can say is no. If you're always prepared to hear no, then yes is just like a, oh, okay, cool. You know, like, it just feels... I think, and that's kind of how I try to go into a lot of situations so that you don't get your expectations set too high too. But like, 
if you go in thinking that this isn't going to happen and then you you know that it happens you're like okay let's do it give me that raise like let's take that job like whatever and I think men don't um don't worry about that as much as women do but that's like a perception issue as well well and I think that to your point the men in my life have always I don't know if this happens but when I you know as I'm looking for new opportunities with jobs. You know, as I grew up, there would I would be reading like a job description. And, and I don't fit the exact. I don't fit the exact thing, but you know, the men in my family, they would be like, "Oh, well, I applied for that." And I was like, "Yeah, well, you don't need really that." Skills. And they go, "But I like I know I can do it. I can do the job." Yeah. yeah. And, but as women, you're just like, "Oh no, they wouldn't want me." Like, yeah, they, we don't fit exactly what it would be. Right. But who in the world would fit exactly? And most people never fit have. like the exact qualifications for any job. And I mean. Yeah, that's the thing, but I think, I mean, I've, like, learned that from a lot of, like, men I've worked with, is that they will go into a situation, the whole fake it till you make it thing is, it's a, it's a real thing, <laughs> um, and I think that women doubt themselves and give themselves such a hard time about it, or, like, exactly, like, saying the, like, job qualifications, or, like, oh, I can't do that, or whatever, and, and I, to their credit, I don't think men worry about that as much. No, it's something to learn from them. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I've learned it from the men I've worked with in like positions because I think about all the time, like they would just go in and say it or you know own it, and so sometimes you just have to go in and fake it, and it'll work out. And then sometimes people say yes, and you're like, oh crap, I got to figure out how to do that. <laughs> but you know, you can make it work. You can so. learn anything on YouTube. Yeah, I think we'll be fine. Yes. More people need to learn, though, that you can Google and find them answers to most of. Oh, my goodness. I need more people to learn that. Yes. Women, anybody. Just. I'm like, the research is so easy. It's way easier than back in the day before <laughs> you could even get on the internet and find all these things. Yeah, the library to find anything you wanted. I'm like, why do you just believe this one little thing someone told you and you're just running with it? <laughs> I mean, you know that there's a site called, this is this is like the queen passive aggressive heart that I have, but there's a site called Let Me Google That For You. <laughs> and so if someone asks you a question that you could easily Google, it shows you going on and Googling and being, and then you send them the link and it sh goes to like Google and it shows you typing in like what, like, we really need to I've done this before. People that I like knew well enough to kind of like. It's the petty I need though. <laughs> <laughs> some people that I knew that I could kind of get away with it. I wanted, I wanted to do it to lots of people, but. You should put on your Instagram. It's just the letters, like, let me Google, like the first letter of all of it. So a little bit of a Google there, but yeah. Oh, I loved it. I'm going to be looking aside. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed to share. Well, we'll let you know the next time that we actually send that to someone. It's going to be great. Someone once asked me, it was like a friend that was like a sales rep, asked me what my address was, and it was in my signature. So I was like, kind of like, I was like, I gotta do this because not only could you have Googled it, but it was in my email signature, so I'm gonna do that to you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think today in business, though, too, I've had a lot of leaders that have pushed back on like small questions, and you think, oh crap, like I probably shouldn't have just said that. Like, it makes yes. you really think about before you go to someone, before you, you oh, know, 100%. Because their time is important, too. And it's like, okay, I probably should really invest in Oh, I will like go to the end of the earth before I would like ask. And sometimes I even now I'll like think about oh should I ask them this and I'm like no I could easily figure it. out. I'm like that. I never want them to be like okay well Aaron here it clearly was. I'm like, oh. <laughs> oh I know that's, the worst. that's embarrassing. But then you just have to be like I'm really sorry I didn't. Yes. Because like, I hate when people are like oh no it didn't and you're like okay there we go pleurisy. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but very much.
just to your point, um, you all have started this business, Lemonade PR. Um, you de we definitely want to hear more about it, but we're really excited to see it because like you said, you can create the narrative, you get the credit for what's going on, and we're like really proud that this is a Louisville, <laughs> Kentucky. Well, thank right you. Yeah. yeah, I mean, honestly, like that, it's, you know, it seems kind of cliche, but we were just tired of someone else taking credit taking credit and all the money for the work that we were doing. Um, and, you know, at some point you just have to trust in yourself enough to do it. And um, we said to each other, like, if this if this isn't going anywhere in a year, then we will just find, other. it's not like we're gonna have a gap in our resume or that we haven't been working. We'll just see what happens. And we've been really lucky that, one, we just had a lot of people that have originally just wanted to work with us that knew like about our background and we've just built on that so much and it's it's really been more than we could have expected and um it's been a lot of fun too you know and we get to choose the people we want to work with and and they get to choose us too and I feel like we get the people that we end up partnering with the people we end up working with are like just similar mindsets they have they understand a lot of working women are our clients or um and so they're also trying to juggle, you know, kids and family and work and things like that. Um, and so that's been, a, you know, a really great opportunity for us to other partner with other women-owned businesses or just other women in business um, and having clients that we feel really passionate about and that are really excited about working with us too. And um, it's just been fun. And we, you know. Yeah, we're just talking about how it's all about your, you know, your partner. You yeah. Know, it, the success of who you are as a company, I am imagining, is all about the people that you surround yourself with every day. Yeah, I mean, thankfully, like, we are a duo that works incredibly well. I mean, it's still hard to find, like, people that I think hiring in general is just, like, the it's hardest hard. thing about owning any small business. Like, you know, who's going to be the right person to bring in? And once you find someone that fits that, it's incredible. But that's something, like, you know, we all have our skills and our things we're not gonna and that's like one where I know I struggle it's just like you got to find the right fit and once you have that it's you know you're good you're golden you can do whatever it is awesome because you all have you built something that gave you the freedom to choose yes 100% and like again we will get emails from people and I'll be like do you think this is right for us and she's like I don't think it, you know we can talk about that and say like this one's not us and have the ability to just say like instead of a boss being like do this proposal and you're gonna have to work with this person and you know it is some we can see like this isn't the right fit and and we can say like here's you know some other people that would be a great partner for you or like this is just not our skill set um or this is just like not gonna bring us a lot of joy yeah and sometimes you're just like this isn't this isn't it <laughs> and then you can wait till the next one that is <laughs> Were you all ever scared when you were just starting out, though, to, like, tell people no in general? Yeah, of course, because, I mean, when you work for yourself, you're like, we log in the bank account every day. Like, we see what's coming in, coming out. Um, I think that being confident, though, in your abilities, like, we know it's it'll work out. Yeah, there's going to be months that are great and months that maybe not be, like, you know, what we had expected. But I think that we're confident enough in our abilities, and I think that we're confident enough in the relationships we've built with the clients. There's plenty of clients that we might have, we may have worked with them for a little bit and might not have been a good fit, but we were always honest with people too. Um, 
or we have a project with somebody and it ends, but they recommend us to somebody else, you know? So, um, I think that being able to be like really honest with your clients and customers and that kind of thing is a big, um, big thing that some people don't do. Like, again, they'll just say yes to stuff and then it messes up and then they don't want to like take responsibility for it and then things go south. And I think that we've been really good about, you know, knowing when we've reached the end of a project and being like, maybe you need to work with somebody, you know, like maybe all the PR and branding and image consulting is done now. Now you need an advertising agency. Like, and here's some, that's not us, but go work with these great people. Or um, like, we got your social media set up, but we are not the best person to handle your day to day. So like, here's a bunch of people that would be great at that. And I respect your honesty. And I, yeah, and I think it ends up working out well and people come back around or they, recommend us and so that's when we've been really lucky at and we've had a lot of clients where we've gotten in our the foot in the door and then we've been able to build up from there and that's been really exciting to see it doesn't always happen at once though people like again we can sit here we're almost four years out or three years out and look back and say like oh wow we've done all this stuff but when you're in you know like again yes. I think a lot of people get lost in that on the internet and see like oh it's so great it's so cool but it's it's not always so great. So cool. <laughs> it like, doesn't happen instantly. No, like I mean, getting an office took us, you know, eighteen months. Lindsay and I worked out of a friend's office for a while, like shared space, sat at desks facing each other, like, um, and then for a while while we were waiting for our space here to get redone, we worked in the back room of work the metal, you know, like that wasn't glamorous, but we still like controlled our own destiny on it and um but yeah, like we worked, if you ever had the work the metal wine bar, there's a closet. We, we worked in this like closet back there. There's like a sliding door. If you ever see it, that was where lemonade was for like three or four months while we waited for this to get finished. So again, like I think sometimes people focus on the finished product or where you're at and don't realize. Um, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs do that. I'll listen to a lot of podcasts and they're like, and then, and then, and then, and then I was famous and we were a $5 billion company, you know, you're like, like, and you're like, well, there was a lot of stuff that you skipped over there. And because that's really the more important part of it. Mm -hmm. I think and that's where you learn the most exactly. too. It's like Instagram where everything is a highlight of your life. Yeah. You know, like what is the stuff in between? <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, I think I like on my personal one, try and show like, it's not always, yeah. Like some days we're doing really cool projects and we're at really interesting places or working and some days we're just sitting here in sweatpants yeah. like powering through an email like an inbox full of emails so you know it's not all as like you know, most people respect what's real yeah and if, you know it's that stuff is fun but you don't get the fun stuff without yeah. the stuff that's you know, and again like people are always like oh I want to own my business and I always say to people like do you want to do the accounting like or you're gonna have to find somebody like do you want to do the taxes like do you want to do the boring stuff you know because the work is really fun but there's also stuff that's not it's not glamorous like yeah doing so my you taxes. have to cut some of your free time out <laughs> yeah. to get that together I don't think they realize that yeah. like, your free time is about to get more than cut in half yeah and like you see on Instagram like the cool stuff or you see on social media the things that like in the highlight reel and you don't see when someone's like need even paperwork or like you know we're, we've just been doing this opening and like stuffing uh swag bags and dropping them off you know like we're we do a lot of the grunt work too um and i think owning your own business you have to be able to be comfortable doing that as much as you can doing the, the higher level stuff too very much agree <laughs> yeah and i do love that you said knowing your work because i think that so many people have this idea in their head that no matter what they're doing in a business that it's like they're not enough to ask for what they want yeah and i think that's such a huge 
problem, especially with women, because we're always looked at as, you know, like we've talked about, like looking like we are asking for too much or we're, we're not enough or we're not willing to come back a little bit or like have a discount on something yeah. because I know you. And I think that, oh God, the, well, yes, I can't imagine, you know, with all, especially with, you know, the work that you all do. And I think that that is something that really needs to be put out there. Yeah. Um, honestly, it's on our, like, board over there. Uh, our, like, motto for 2021 is get paid what you're worth. Yes. I love that. And, you know, when we do a proposal, I mean, when we did it when we started our business, we're like, we're just starting our business. So, like, let's get the client and, like, let's get the work. And now we're, thankfully at a place where we can be a little bit more judicious and say like, okay, what's what's worth our time? Like, where are we? Was it hard to come back with prices that were higher though later on or was it okay? No, I mean, there's certain clients like that have worked with us since day one and I'm not, we're not gonna like, you know, be like, it's double now, you <laughs> yeah. know, that's just not something that, that's not the type of people we are. But now when we send out a new proposal, we're like, okay, this is where, this is what we're worth, you know, and right. not being like, afraid to- yeah, and not being afraid to say that. And again, like I said too, not being afraid to hear no. And that's like fine too. You know, there's some things that you really want to work on, but you still may hear no on. And as long as you're okay with that, then. And mine can back later too. Yeah, that's very true. Well, like right now, everybody's, you know, they're still up in arms because Rihanna just won't put out any music. But she, <laughs> she's busy. <laughs> and she's yeah. rich. Yeah, I'm so rich. <laughs> she says, she's like, I had to start some things of my own. Because she was sick of the sexism. She was sick of main control. I have, a, I have a question. Are you more Team Beyonce or Team Rihanna? I'm Rihanna. Ooh, All yeah. the way. 100%. Yeah, no, I love Beyonce, but, she, I but, love her but too. Rihanna. But, okay, I Riri. I mean, I do love Beyonce. Don't get me wrong. She's fabulous. Rihanna. 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 Everything. You know what it was, though? It was watching her... It was, was it the Netflix documentary where it was about all the work that went into yes. her shows and like how she thinks about diversity and how she thinks about body image and how she really supports those women. She's like, oh my God. I don't have a lot of regrets in my life, but one that I do have is Lindsay and some girls we used to work with went to the Rihanna concert in oh, Cincinnati. Yes. And I was like, eight months pregnant and I was like it's just not it for oh, me no. and honestly now I'm like I should have gone and Baby dragged <laughs> 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 we need a redo <laughs> I mean like again I don't regret a lot but like but that is one where I'm like you should have gone I should have yeah, stuck it up and gone <laughs> but yeah it's like you see someone like her and like you all and it's like you you had to well, do we're it. in <laughs> I take to be Rihanna for one day as like 
That'd be like a make-a-wish goal. She's very much a like nobody validates me type of person. We uh, we were just we went on like a trip and we ha- were out and we'd asked if they had ever had Drake at or Rihanna at this restaurant. <laughs> And he was like, we've served Drake and Rihanna. And we're like, were they together? And he was like, no. Well, I mean, our waiter went into this full diatribe about how much better Rihanna was than Drake. And we were like, you are we our knew. first. Like, <laughs> what, did you, what did you think about the Drake-Rihanna relationship? Were you, I kind of loved it. I loved it. I, was like, it. I, thought, I thought it was kind of perfect. I loved it. I loved her so much. But you know, she, he was putting so off that vibe that he was giving her too much. It was she, yes. he needed to play it cool a little bit more. Something I don't understand that if you give too much, sometimes it's he was coming off a little too stage five clinger, I think. For he definitely wanted her. Really what did she want yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I think she appreciated that, but. We still need some mystery. We still need a little, you know, passion. You never know. You just never know. I love her so much. She's like, she, her, she's another, like, Instagram, oh. a great Instagram follow. Well, and she's put out that whole marketing campaign where she has no makeup on, where it's because all... she's incredibly gorgeous. <laughs> she I would walk around with no makeup on too if I looked like. I know. I was like, my skin doesn't look like that. <laughs> no, she's but everything. I wish. And she's everything really looks. tried to bother her when she put on some weight. First of all, oh. the weight looked good. I can't. She looks good any type of way. She was on stage killing it. I'm like, why are y'all worried about this? No, they need to let her look. Yeah, and the fact that I feel like celebrities, when you see them and they say that they have a little weight on them, that's a normal body. That's like, a normal body. That's a normal body. Honestly, if you saw them in person, it's probably not a normal body. It's probably still just, it's, still it's probably still an abs, like a certainly like a small body. It's just like. Statue. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. yeah. Rihanna's another episode. Oh, yes. That's a whole other thing. If she has a story, woo. Yeah, you can do a deep dive on her sometimes too. <laughs> But we got into so many different things today, and we are just so thankful that oh, thank you love you. Us. Yeah. you. It's so fun. I'm always down to chat. <laughs> and you all definitely check out Lemonade PR and Lua Wear. We're going to post a couple more clips to just show you a little bit more about the PR business and also what Lua Wear loves to do on a daily basis. <laughs> her, Danielle Davis, <laughs> um, and her partner, Lindsay. We will introduce you to her eventually. Well. Behind the scenes. Behind <laughs> she likes the same yeah. <laughs> well thank you all so much and tune in with us again and definitely check out every episode we have going on thanks guys thank you thank you for taking your makeup off with us